You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Great Pets Radio is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com forward slash GPR to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PETMEDS.com. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. Good morning and welcome to Great Pets. I'm Brian Kilcommons with my co-host, Dr. Jim McKiernan, who's back from monkeying around. <laughs> yeah, you can explain that. <laughs> I had a monkey in my arms last week and it was beautiful. They are very, very intelligent, intelligent things, you know? It's amazing. Yeah, but lousy pets. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even think that. But, you know, one of the things that was very interesting is when I went to hold them, the individual said, whatever's in your pocket, you must remove. And I had one thing in the bottom of my pocket, and sure enough, that little white-faced monkey went down and pulled it out. Yeah. Well, where were you? So people have a reference point I, instead I, of your kitchen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I visited the beautiful country of Costa Rica for the first time, and um, it, what a what a what an amazing place! You know, when they talk about rain, it's rainy there. But so, li- listen to the, the, you had a great time and playing with monkeys. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't bring them home, but. This is really interesting. A 2008 survey at Queen's University in Belfast, Northern Ireland, found that 65% of diabetics reported that when they were having a blood sugar emergency, their pets reacted by whining, barking, or licking, according to Reuters. Now, this guy, uh, Jeffrey Duthet, he's a diabetic. His blood sugar was up at, at 560 which is over the top. Very unhealthy. Well, what happened, his toe was infected to the bone, and the surgeons amputated what was left of the digit. But he credits his dog with saving his life because he was hiding this from everybody, and the dog just kept at him. They wouldn't leave it alone. And he finally had it attended to. They had to amputate the toe. But they're using dogs more and more to alert diabetic people when their blood sugars are going out of control. Truly amazing. It really is. I mean, dogs are just doing more and more for us. Any questions this morning, give us a call at 1-888-441-9876 about the health and behavior of your pet. All right. What do you think about flying with your dog these days? Um, (laughs) I'm on the radio, and I can't say. Uh, First off, you, you know, American Airlines, they had 14 dogs on the flight. Seven died. You know, the geniuses that were looking into the baggage compartment said, well, they look lethargic. By the time they got them to the vet, they died. Right. All right. You know what really gets me going? You know, the airlines have pumped us for $1.8 billion in other fees, and yet they can't get it right when they take our family members and they transport them. Yep. If they can't do it right, they shouldn't be doing it. And also what's interesting, and we've said this before on the show, the brachiocephalic or the short-nosed breed dogs do not fly them in baggage. 
period. You're going to lose them. Listen, I'm not going to fly any of them. That's my feeling. I'm, well, there's I, if the you, Pet Airlines. They only go to specific cities. Yes. But, you know, if I was going to have to transport my dog, I'm going with them because the airlines have lost all credibility here. Right, exactly. You know, and it's, with American, they can't take this back. This is not a whoops. You know, the the question is, why did they die? For me, it's a vet. You know, and there's two theories. One is heat stroke. Now, you are not allowed to travel or have your dog be flown if the temperature exceeds 85 degrees. And at, at 7.30 in the morning in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it hit 86 or something. So the temperature was flying up. Cargo temperature, they say, is supposed to be from 50 to 70, regulated all the time. So the question is, why? And the other thing, Brian, is puppies. Wait, wait, wait a minute. This is the, the story. American Airlines Flight 851 arrived at Chicago O'Hare International at 8.57 a.m. An hour and a half. One hour, 27-minute flight. Sometimes after landing, American Airlines, they don't say how long these were kept on the tarmac. Baggage handlers took the puppies off the aircraft and noticed the animals looked ill. All 14 puppies were taken to a vet where five puppies had died and two other puppies died later that day. Several, several of the other puppies had connecting flights. Oh, it just gets better on that one. Connecting flights? <laughs> Terrible. You know, and, yeah, and the uh, thing is, is, we have tarmac rules for people now. Right. Maybe we, we need it for dogs, but you know what? If you're going to have to transport your pet, find another way, because I just wouldn't take the chance. And your recourse is not a whole lot. I mean, if you want to go down a legal road and say, I'm going to, you know, you did thus and so, and I want, I want some compensation back, there really isn't. I mean, what is your dog going to cost? Maybe $800, and they'll, a court would award you the $800 that what the, your property was. So it's a difficult decision. I just, I'm not going to do it. That's all. That, just not going to do it. And the other thing is, I wouldn't let Americans scoot on this one. If you're flying American, you know, give them a call. Tell them this is totally unacceptable. And now we get into the, you know, the the issue of okay, these people have been emotionally hurt. I mean, we know what it means when we lose one of our pets, and when it's their fault, there is no recourse because mm-hmm. you can't sue for emotional damage. Right. You know, so how else can we make American Airlines change? Because this isn't the first time. No. Right? And that is either you don't fly them or you email them or go on your Facebook page or go on your Twitter page. I think there are 13,000 responses from this. And once they start looking at this going, you know what? If I have a choice, I'm not flying you guys. The, and the difficult thing, too, Brian, is puppies. Puppies just don't have a great constitution for a lot of things. I mean, when you put a puppy in a stressful environment, and I don't know how what the ages were, would you say 14 weeks or something? They're no. all very, very young. And then the other thing is, was it heat stroke? Because the, th- the theory as well is carbon monoxide poisoning, and that can happen as well. So we don't know why. What we do know is if you can't fly them, with you in the flight like a small dog then again as we talked about choose that airline that just does that what is it called pet uh, uh, they only go to certain cities but there is a new airline out that is just for pets and that is yeah a, pet airlines yeah um, well American Airlines website details rules for accepting dogs and cats on aircraft like we shouldn't well, that's my comment among them temperature restrictions have been established to ensure animals are not exposed to extreme heat or cold in the animal holding areas terminal facilities when moving the animals between terminal and aircraft or on an aircraft awaiting departure 
The airline's website says pets cannot be accepted when the current forecasted temperature is warmer than 85 degrees at any location on the itinerary. The Dallas Morning News reported the temperature at Tulsa Airport was already 86 degrees at 7 a.m. You got it. Before the plane's departure and 87 degrees at 8 a.m. Hey, they may want to pay attention to the rules that they've established. Who would think? I mean, this really gets me going. And I feel terrible in my condolences to the people that lost their dogs here. Yep. So, on the good news, when we get back... Lawmaker drives dogs from Indiana to New England. There are good guys out there that actually care for pets. Give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. You're with Great Pets. Dr. Jim McKiernan is finished with his monkey business, and he's at the Great Bay Animal Hospital. <laughs> we'll be we'll back. We'll be back. Hey, boy, how you doing? <coughs> what am I doing? <coughs> I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your Lifebook page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial Lifebook. No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity, and friends can make donations. People can create their own lifebook for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. (coughs) Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here! Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim McKernan with Brian Kilcommons, and it's a beautiful Sunday. We are live. Our number is 1-888-441-9876. So give us a call if you have questions about the health and behavior of your pet. And this is, a, as Brian said, there are some good guys in the business, and I, I hope we, we're in that category as well. But uh, here's a good one, Brian. An Indiana lawmaker who fought for legislation regulating large-scale puppy breeding operations is spending time driving rescue dogs from Indiana to New England. Isn't that nice? Democratic Representative Linda Lawson of Hammond is transporting dogs as part of the Canine Express Transport Project. Five vans leave Bloomington on Thursday and will take 92 dogs from Indiana to animal shelters in New England states. For some reason, Indiana suffers from an extreme pet overpopulation. 
Yeah, starts, and New England's doing well. Starts with spay and neuter, yeah. doesn't it? Yep. And they take to New England because in New England, where we are, uh, they are more likely to find good homes because there is a demand here for adoptable pets. Interesting. So Hello, Kachiko. And Kachiko does take some of the Indian. Yeah. A lot of hey, the shelters do. September 26th, I'm going to be doing a training demo. And this week, Thursday evening, I'm going to be speaking at the Myopia Hunt Club. Oh, down in... Uh, February. Very nice. Yeah. So that'll be a lot of fun. And as you see, we have my little black partner over here. I have a five-month-old standard poodle I have in for training. So he's trailing me. So, But so far, so good. <laughs> right? You know, but where we live, you know, it's amazing that there are so many, and maybe it's the quality of life that we all have Dr. here. Dr. McKiernan, yeah. I just pointed to this puppy. He hasn't moved. He's not chewing on anything. He's not barking. I go, pretty good, huh? He oh, goes, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You point, you, you expect he, it? Well, you pointed at yourself like, no, hey, <laughs> I'm doing all right. No, of course you're doing all right. You're so nice common. Yeah, who would think? Anyways, uh, it, it, it amazes me that uh, we're in such a fortunate place and that dogs do find homes in New England. But yeah. from Indiana to uh, down south, they, they come up here. All right, here's a good one. Yeah. Off-duty cop breaks up a dog quarrel with his gun. All right. This guy's in the dog park, private dog park. Another dog attacks him, his dog. All right. And who was running at large. So instead of breaking up the fight, he pulls out his pistol, and he shoots and kills the dog. <laughs> now, the thing is, is going... Where is this? Oh, T- Texas? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it was Indiana. Oh, jeez. Um, you know, uh, the thing is, is they're not investigating this. And going, okay, this guy shouldn't be carrying a gun. If he's making these decisions, you know, with a dog fight... What is he going to do when something really serious happens? Mm-hmm. It wasn't where his dog's being killed, you know. So, you know, it, it's... And these people are heartbroken, of course. But why... You know, and, and this is on Facebook, by the way. All right? There are two different pages that uh, are supporting the investigation. And, you know, I, I think it really needs to be looked at. You know, the officer who isn't being identified because of the investigation told detectives Bear Bear attacked his dog, who was a German shepherd who was on a leash. You know, they were similar of size. Dogs mm-hmm. get into fights, but usually it is not life-threatening. And to pull a, do- yeah, a gun and shoot somebody's dog is a little bit over the top. You know, what do you think? Give us a call at one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six, And you can go on Facebook. Um, the people's names, Rachel and Ryan... Retalia, uh, they are missing their dog. So if you do a, a search on that, or and and Arundel County, uh, you should be able to find it on Facebook and weigh in on this. You know, this guy shouldn't be getting away. Going, God, Oops, no. made a mistake. Right. This is a guy who's probably paranoid of dogs and thinking they're going to get him next. You know, I googled this video that you probably have seen, and if people haven't seen it, you should really look at it on YouTube. It just Google um, uh, search for lion reunion. Have you seen that? Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yes. I mean, it, it's a story about this couple that uh, I don't know where they were Two from. Two guys. Yeah. Who took this lion cub? Right. Raised it. It got too big. They released it in the wild. Yes. And then they, in Africa, and they left, and they came back a long time later. Right. Years later. Yeah. Where the cub is now an adult. Um, and he recognized them. Unbel- so he's out there calling, and all of a sudden this huge lion comes up, 
and gives this guy the most monster bear hug, and they're all dancing around. You know, they have um, they have uh, what's her name, Whitney Houston, singing. You know, and I. But you watch it, and it, it just—it's an amazing thing to watch, and it—it's it, a feel good. Give me that Whitney Houston thing again. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about getting lost in the moment. Hey, no, <laughs> check the, check that out. Check that out. You're never living this one down, <laughs> Kiernan. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. It, it really brings tears to your eyes. But as the, far as the connection that we have. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> they want an encore of my Whitney yeah, Houston yeah. rendition. Yes. If you would like Dr. Jim to sing once again, please give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. You know, there was a, uh, in the paper recently where we live, there was a gentleman, I don't want to call him a gentleman, there's a guy who, who uh, has done prison time now for torturing a cat. And uh, he's and he's doing time. He's doing two to three years in jail. Good. Yeah. And they should track him afterwards because he's just practicing. You know what? You are right on the money because a lot of times when you start looking at some of these psychopaths, and I'm not saying this individual was one, but what I'm saying is that you can go down the list of people who have abused pets first, and then it goes. It, it can go to other things. Right. When when I say they're practicing what these people are doing, it are doing it with animals, and as they do it with animals more and more, yeah, they then move on to people. So it's a major flag on the field when they someone's torturing animals or a child is cruel to an animal. You really need to look at that and make sure that there's some type of intervention here. So now California, Rhode Island, and Louisiana are are coming up with a a law where they're putting a lot uh, legislation called an animal abuse registry and we talked about that before but if this is going to happen let me know if what you think about that we come back i want to talk about it should it even exist is it over the top you know where you can publicly you can look to see who's an animal abuser and say and he's in my neighborhood good question so give us a call 1-888-441-9876 on this gorgeous sunday Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbacks and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Pet Life Radio presents Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So, get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Veslowski, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Brian Cole Commons on Trending and Behavior with Dr. Jim McKiernan, who does medicine and occasionally sings. Um, <laughs> thank God it's occasionally. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, I, I, I thought it was great, and I'm glad you like Whitney. Um, I do. Yeah. I do. I, I was talking with Adam off air about that particular uh, YouTube, and I just I really recommend people to, to look at it. Just very touching. Why don't we we uh, have a uh, Facebook uh, Great Pets Radio site now? Yeah. So uh, we'll start putting links up there and looking that, at some of the stuff. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at this little dog you have over here. Brian's training at a uh, how old? Six month standard? Five month old standard poodle who kind of gave me a little bit of hello, Dr. Jim. I'm not uh, sure who you are. Yep. Yeah, he's five months. But uh, he looks like he's uh, doing pretty well. Yeah, you haven't heard him bark. He's not peeing. He's not humping, and he's not mouthing. Now, how old are the owners with this? This dog seems pretty rambunctious. Eighty-five and eighty-seven. Kidding? No. And the thing is, is they've owned dogs all their lives, and they know this is their last dog, and they have people that help. But I'm in the um, you know, I go to pick up the puppy because I have him in for a couple of weeks for training. Um, if you see a black poodle puppy running around, you know it's me, because he's coming everywhere with me. Yeah. But to get him socialized and work him in different areas, but. The guy who takes care of the property walks in, all right, dog jumps on him, grabs his leg. He's just about to hump him. He's standing there going, oh, he's hugging me. He's never done that before. <laughs> I'm looking at him going, you know, what planet are you on? Yeah. Then Alice turns around. He jumps up, and she starts petting him and kissing him in the face. And I'm going, Alice, what are you doing? She's going, oh, yeah, but I just love him so much. And then Larry comes in and does the same thing with him. The, he has, because of the puppy teeth, he has marks on his hands, and he starts playing roughly with him. I said, hey, time out, guys. Right. All right. What are you teaching this puppy? Every time you interact with him, he's learning something. He's smart as a whip. All right. He's learning something. So far, you've taught him to jump, to clasp, which is soon going to turn into humping, All right. and to mouth. You know, Judd, the, my friends... You know, who own the dog. They're 85 and 87. So we're either looking at a broken hip or them bleeding because you're doing yeah, but. And and you're right about that because I do know people who are elderly who have broken their hip, mostly who live in New England and up here because the dog pulls on the leash, they fall down. Right. And you fall down at that age, you're going to break something. Right. Which is my concern there. And I'm saying, you know, you're getting your emotional goodies here. At the expense of both the puppy yeah. and the the people that you're responsible to. Well, is, is this a good breed? And what is a I, good breed for an elderly couple? I mean, I really like the standard poodles. They just lost a, a standard, who was a terrific dog and worked out great yeah, for them. I, I know what I like but, him as well. But if you watch him walk on lead, he's not pulling on lead, so he's never going to learn how to do that. Yeah. I'm teaching him to give to pressure. I'm also going to teach him how to walk with a walker. Um, so the training that's going into him will make it safe. The problem arises when people don't do the training. You know, and one of the, it's funny because I had him out last night and I don't like dogs jumping on me. I know what it means and I don't like it. Well, we talk, let's talk about it. What does it mean? And what does humping mean? I mean, what, what can that lead to? Marriage? No. <laughs> 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 
People think it's a sexual <laughs> thing, but it's not. It's a dominance thing. You got a dog showing up saying, guess what? Who's in charge? Right, Brian? They're well, saying, I'm in charge. And, and it's confusing. And also, one of the things that I do with dogs, which I suggest to my clients, is that you treat the dog like anybody else. And if you look at that rule, it's a very good rule. Because, you know, if a friend stops over, you don't stop, no, you can't hunt my leg. You know, right. that's not going to be in the conversation because it's already established that is not allowable behavior. Dogs need to be taught that. But when I took him outside, he's kind of bouncing off of me, jumping up and bouncing off because he wants attention. And he's gotten a tremendous amount of attention. You know, every time he jumps, he's getting reinforced with it. So, one, I didn't give him any attention. Two, I didn't get angry because I'm saying, you know, I'm sorry, buddy, that they confused you like this. And I either ignored it or I started teaching him to sit and rewarding him for the sit. Mm -hmm. And I'll work on that. And did he jump on you? No. No. He saw Adam. Adam walked past. He didn't jump on Adam. So now he's going, okay, I get rewarded for sitting and not jumping. So And I've only picked him up yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's how quick he is. And people don't realize that's how quick they can learn bad behavior. So as far as doing this, and this is the biggest thing, and I'm encounter, I encounter it all the time. You know, I start talking to people about training their dogs, and they go, well, I don't want him to jump. I don't want him to pull. You know, and we're going, okay, what do you want? Right. <laughs> you, you know, we know what you don't want. A good dog kind of is getting an idea you don't want it, but they're pretty confused. So what do you want? Yeah. And that thought alone can change the interaction between you and your dog. Getting it where you're saying, I want, instead of jumping, I want you to sit. Do you recommend for people, obviously you're an established dog trainer, you know what you're doing, people seek you out from New York and elsewhere, but when you have a dog at this age, do you recommend people get into a class setting? Because obviously it's more expensive to do an individual training session. What's better? Do you take the problem dogs and have them do one-on-one? But for the, the most the, part... The problem dogs need one-on-one. Okay. There's, there's no question. It, it depends. You know, when you look at this as far as expensive mode, you're going to have the dog 10 to 15 years. Right. So if you spread out what I would be paid... You know, it's costing a couple hundred bucks a year mm-hmm. you know, for a dog that is well-behaved, can travel with you, and you have good communication, and most importantly, a great relationship. But for the most part, for most dogs who are not problem dogs, getting into a class, a basic obedience class is... Uh, you know what the, the big conundrum here is? Is I've had puppies that have av- had absolutely superb temperament, right? And the owners have really messed them up. And I've had other puppies and dogs that from, had really bad temperaments. From what? From, from, from the, lack of information. Uh, and, and this is what I'm circling back to. There are a lot of people that have gotten into the field of dog training. You know, with apprentices that I've worked with, it's a year to three years of them apprenticing before they're going out in business. So they read a book, they take a couple of classes, they get a chunk of cheese, and they're in business. You know, especially with clicker training and some other stuff where you can get results for that instant. Mm -hmm. But they really don't understand how to get, you know, owners where they know what to do consistently. So with classes, if they're good classes, yes. You know, the uh, New Hampshire SPCA runs classes Mm -hmm. that are good. But sometimes you're going to have a dog that doesn't belong in the class. Yes. And good trainers go, you know what, you need some privates in order to get this resolved. So you you want to check people out, and maybe what we'll start doing is uh, 
once the site is up, we'll start recommending different, you know, we'll go and look. But, you know, the, the PetSmart classes and, uh, you know, the Petco classes, they may be fine for your puppy. Uh, at least it's a foundation, and you're doing something as far as socializing and learning how to teach. In, in some instances with some puppies, no. You know, it depends upon the dog that you pick. Well, I think a great breed for an elderly couple of 85 and 87 would be one of my favorites, and that's the pug. They're nice, they're fun, they're happy. They don't require a tremendous amount of exercise. And they snort and fart. Mm, yeah. And as we get older, we know what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give him a break. They, I have a picture of one. They're so cute. They're adorable, and they're a good choice. They are a good choice. For an elderly person. There are a lot of good choices. You know, Cavalier King Charles is another good choice. Um, you know, a lot of the small mixes and shelters work out well. I think even a golden, you know, goldens are very, and you've seen a, a number no, of off no, ones. N- but no, 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 I, I disagree. Yeah, I know. I'm saying I would not choose a golden for an elderly couple. Not unless I want to inherit quickly. Yeah. You know, it's some of these people, I had a client, his, the very wealthy clients in New York and Texas, and he bought his mother an Akita puppy. She's 80 years old. And I, I looked at him, and I said to him... For said, protection? What? For protection, and it's because he wanted it, not because of her. So he got it for her. And I looked at him, and I said, don't you like your mother? He goes, mm-hmm. what do you mean? I said, why would you give her something like this? <laughs> you know, for a young guy, it's fine. But for an 80-year-old woman, Mm-mm. you're asking for an accident. What now, about what about children, Brian? I mean, I was, I was reading online now... Uh, what's her name? Um... Um, Martha Stewart now yeah. has a, on a site where she recommends certain breeds for children. What do you think? Are there some that are better than others? There are rules of thumb. I'm seeing uh, some clients in Nashua uh, this afternoon. She has a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and they bought a Chihuahua. Who did you get it from? She said, a breeder. I said, no, nah, this wasn't a good breeder because the breeder would have said no. Mm-hmm. All right. When you have toddlers running around, you don't want toy breeds. They break, mm-hmm. you know, and the baby doesn't have to do it intentionally. But, you know, as three-year-olds are getting their stability or they're running across the room, if they fall on a chihuahua, more than likely they're either going to hurt or injure the chihuahua. And the other thing is you start getting fear aggression because the chihuahua looks at the three-year-old coming at it going, right. this is incoming and I may die. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is the number one breed who bites veterinarians. Chihuahuas? Absolutely. Yeah, you know why? That people don't train them. Mm-hmm. When they misbehave, they just pick them up. Uh-huh. So they never get that communication going. And I've had some chihuahuas, especially the long hairs, which are I like better than the short hairs, that are just absolutely terrific little dogs. It depends on the owner. And one of the biggest things you hear, and Jimmy, how many times have you heard this, is somebody comes into their, your office with a chihuahua, and she's clutching it to her chest, and as you walk up, you see it, and you go, she goes, it's very protective. Right. Well, since I didn't have any idea about attacking you today, <laughs> I'm not sure where this is coming from. So, so what happens is... is Can I tell you something? I have seen that. <laughs> it's more common than you would think. <laughs> He's very protective. No, you're rationalizing aggression. That's not protection. That's fear. So as far as getting that straightened out. And nobody wants to deal with an you know an aggressive little dog God, or no. an aggressive big one. Anyway. When they bite, it hurts. If you have any questions, give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. I'm Brian Commons with Dr. Jim McKiernan, and you're with Great Pets Live.
Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and the author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets for your free audiobook. Welcome to Sassy Seniors, a show about our fabulous older dogs and cats. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. You know, I wanted to create a show to really showcase our senior pets. And you know, as the human population ages and lives longer, of course, so are our wonderful pets. But many of us with aging pets, it's so interesting. We have a tough time realizing or really admitting that they are seniors. So in a way, I kind of like to think of our senior pets as, as wise puppies. What do you think about that? Be sure to join us for another edition of Sassy Seniors. And remember, celebrate your senior pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim with Brian. We are live talking about the health and behavior of your pets. It's a beautiful day. The number is 1-888-441-9876. Brian, what do you think the total amount in the pet industry is a $45 billion industry? How much of that do you think is spent on veterinary care? $1.95. How about $12 billion? I mean, isn't that an amazing number, how much we're spending? And yeah, well, and, we have 75 million dogs in this country. And you, absolutely. So, and, and 1% of pet owners have health care for their pets. I just want to give folks a little bit of a, a heads up. I am all for the health insurance right now for pets. Um, but you really need to sit down and spend the time to go through the policy to find out what is involved and what is not involved. Because oftentimes you're not going to, you think, oh, I got insurance, I'm all set. And even the better ones, even the ones like VPI who advertise on this show. You know, I, I do a Google, and there have been people that have compared different policies. Know what you're buying. Yes. You know, and there are going to be exclusions, and sometimes there are a lot of exclusions, and sometimes they're a little bit more reasonable. But don't assume anything. No, don't. You, just like when you buy health insurance, you want to know what you're paying for and what you're getting. And even if you get a repeat offender, if there's a lump that was removed and it comes back in for a lump again six months later, a lot of them will say, oh, pre existing. You know, you have to wait a year, but you need to educate that themselves on that. Yeah. Um, so, all the interactive toys that are out. You know, that started a couple of years ago. There were a couple of them. But now there's a whole bunch of them. And if your dog's alone all day, you may want to think of looking into some of these. Starmark makes an everlasting fire plug. You can stuff it with hard-to-get-out treats or peanut butter. So they're working on that all day. A a fire hydrant? It's shaped like a fire hydrant. (laughs) A little golden shower on the 
the pet toy when you go to work. Yeah, you've been on vacation too long. Uh, you may want to reel that back. Um, Canine Genius, named after uh, Leo's, which is named after Da Vinci, are treat toys that release uh, and exercise your dog's mind. Um, and th- they do. It really makes dogs yeah. think, and it keeps them interactive. And they found that, you know, when we learn something new or have to figure something out, our synapses change, mm-hmm. and, you know, our brain power increases. The same goes for our pets. One of the ones that I really like, have you seen the Nina Otteson mm-hmm. games and puzzles? It's great. Uh, not inexpensive. They're 50 bucks. But if they're going to keep your dog occupied, it's cheaper than going, getting a new couch. So as far as doing this, you know, go to the pet store and take a look at some of these new interactive toys. Some are really expensive. You know, the Kong has been around forever, and that's a great toy. So as far as looking at this, look at getting something that is going to make your dog's life or cat's life a little bit more interesting and get them to uh, think on their own. Especially if you have certain breeds of dog who require it. I mean, if you get a dog that's just going to sit at home and life is good and I'm just going to relax and look out the window, it's one thing. There aren't that many of them. But if you get a Border Collie or you get a... Doberman Pinscher or the working breeds or the hunting breeds, they need something to do. Just staring at you. I need a hobby. I need a hobby. And, you know, when we say go to pet stores, I think pet stores are pretty expensive sometimes. I've gone in there and bought some stuff, and I've actually had the employees there say, why don't you go find it online? The same thing's going to be less. So be, be aware of that. I think they're they're pricing, Mr. Fugel here. Um, okay, Doctor McFugel. All right, don't go to the pet store, <laughs> or go to the pet store, see what you like, and then go online. You can, but right. it, it, it just I find some of their stuff was. Uh, you wild. know what we should do is once the site is up, we'll do links to some of the pet suppliers that we like that you know where people can get a good deal. Yeah, well, you know, it's, and it's, that's going to be in a couple of weeks. We'll have our site up. Well, honestly, I mean, what spurred this is the. The employees, I mean, let's face it, some of the employees of these pet stores aren't exactly experts and stuff, right? I mean, you go in there, it's not like the guy went to school for four years to learn pet toys. No, you have to understand something. When you put on a school uh, a, a shirt that has a name badge on yeah. it, there's this magical thing that happens where you get all this information that is just transferred within that day. As soon as that badge hits, <laughs> bum. Sure, but that magical information can also come from a person who have multiple times looked at me and said, it's really pricey here. <laughs> I could, uh, <laughs> so many different times, and I thought, "Wow!" It, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, all right. But so, so what I was talking about before with getting your dog to yes, you know, and and this is a headset. So so many people, half the dogs in America, think their names are no, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what we tell them the most often. And once we get it into our heads, how to start getting the dogs to yes. You see the dogs going. Oh, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, and the other thing that killed me with the with this the clients, and this isn't new, but when you watch three people doing it, Danny's the puppy, and he's sitting there, and they go to call him. One's going, Danny, 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 Danny. This is three adults all at the same time. Another one's going, Come here, come here, come here, Danny, come here. All right. And the other one's going, Over here. Over here, over here, and whistling in between. And I'm looking at them, and I said, I wish I had this on tape. If you were in a foreign country, and you had three adults coming up, throwing different words at you, all at the same time, you'd be going, 
I'll kind of sit here and wait. And that's exactly what the puppy did. He's a smart puppy, so he's just sitting there looking at all three of them going, (laughs) I don't have a clue. Sounds like a far side cartoon. You could see the little caption above his head. (laughs) Well, that means, you know, consistent vocabulary. And the more people in the household, the more words we use with them. Right. So making sure that it's consistent is going to be critical here. Well, it's consistency and it's also finding a right training. You know, trainers, because you can get into, you, you mentioned clicker training before, and, uh, you know, I just, I'm just, I'm still not a huge, huge fan of it. You know? It's great to develop behavior. It doesn't develop relationship. Yeah. Not from my experience. I just, uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to be raising some, uh, cane. Nah, I don't know about cane, but, you know, I'm, I'm speaking uh, in October at the Massachusetts Veterinary Medical Association's meeting. What are they and want you One of about? my top topics is reading stress and threaten dogs but one of the topics is temperament testing that we're doing in shelters and there's like three different tests around and i'm looking at this i'm on the subcommittee at the animal rescue league in boston and they're trying to develop you know an evaluation program and i'm looking at this going this is ridiculous there's no you know there's so many variables what we're trying to do is figure out the temperament of the dog and the match it with the temperament of the owner. Which has some validity. I don't think so. Oh, come on. We don't have any data on this, Jimmy. And we're talking about scientists and people with their doctorates and looking at this stuff. Tell me something. When you get a dog in the kennel and some some of the facilities, they evaluate the dog on the first day. Well, you've got an 85-year-old uh, woman wait, who works wait, in. Wait a minute. Another f- facility evaluates the dog on the third day. Okay. All right. The the first two people the first day you have people that are novices, the other facility they're semi novices, which means they don't have decades of experience interacting with dogs, that you know they are making a guesstimate, and some shelters use one person, other shelters use three people, so to get a consistent form that all the shelters could use, mm-hmm. and then tracking the dogs because the dogs were evaluated then adopted out. We don't know what happens to them. Mm-hmm. You know, were the people really responsible and took to heart, or are we dealing with somebody who tied it up in the backyard? So all these variables, I don't know where we're going with this and how uh, effective it is. And maybe the resources need to be put into adoption support and educating the people adopting the dogs versus trying to figure out what you're dealing with. So you had... An opinion here? Yes. I mean, I think there is, you want to be able to match them up. You want to be able to say, here's an 85 year old woman. I don't think the standard pool is going to be the best dog for you. So there is, there, there is. Well, there's common sense. Correct. But the question I want to come back to after break is going to be if some of the area shelters are not allowing any adoptions to a house with a four year old or younger. If you have a young child, you cannot get a dog from a shelter. And I want to, we come back from break, I want to get your thoughts on that. Okay. This is Dr. Jim McKernan with Brian Kill Commons. Our number is 888-441-9876. It's Great Pets Live. Great Pets Radio is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com forward slash GPR to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PETMEDS.com. Hello! 
I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Brian Commons uh, with my co-host, Dr. Jim McKiernan, and we have Pam from Dover on the line. Hey, Pam. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. First of all, I just wanted to uh, thank Dr. Jim for the great surgical job he just did on our little Scottish Terrier, Penny. She's recovering nicely. Uh, but I do have a behavioral question. She, um, you know, she's a Terrier. I've never had one before, but she's extremely aloof and... Uh, you know, we come home or, or uh, you know, where's the dog and want to go for a ride, want to go out, and it's it's like murder getting her down the stairs and get out the door. So if you have any tips, I'd appreciate it, and I'll How often is she on a leash, Pam? What's that? How often is she on a leash? She's on a leash three, four times a day. We've had to get a gentle leader uh, because she decides she wants to go to the left and we want to go to the right. Well, and you don't have to. Um, the, th- the thing is, the gentle leader is a great tool. But it's a management tool. It's not a training tool. Okay. So I would get into more training with her. How okay. much attention is she getting? Oh, a ton. She's the queen. Yeah. Right. So, you know, basically what you've established, she's like, kiss my ring. What do I need to go to them? <laughs> <laughs> They're coming over to me. Watch. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. So. Get her into training then, more training. We we did a basic obedience class, and, uh, you know, she was really great at that, but she comes home, and you're right. She's the queen. Are you using what you've learned in class in the house? Yes, I probably need to do better. You know, treat. She's not really a food-driven dog, so you know what the the, um, the, the toys, treats, and praise. And with mm-hmm. the treats, it doesn't create relationship. Right. Did you should get the My Smart Puppy book and DVD. Okay. Look at the DVD. Share it with the rest of the family so there's consistency. Mm-hmm. All right. I think what's happening. You know, attention is like money. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're supposed to do a job and have some type of response and you're sitting in the chair and people keep on walking up to you throwing money at you, you know, <laughs> then you go, okay, you in the chair, come on, come on, clean the kitchen. They're going to look at you and go, um, I'll be back to you. I don't think so. The bank account's full. Pam, Pam we, do, we carry that DVD at the animal hospital. At number oh, you one. do? Yeah, okay, number great. two, I've seen it, and I've, I've not only watched it once, but I watched it twice because it's really good. And then also, Brian does private stuff if you get into a, a place where you really need to get out of. But Penny's okay. a sweet dog. She is. She's a really good little dog. I yeah. mean, she's not aggressive. and There's not an aggressive bone in her body. She just, uh, you know, it's her way of the highway. So, yeah, we've got yeah. How old is she now? She's, uh, she'll be six this year. All right, so the, you can change this around. The other thing, what's nice about this, Pam, is you can start having fun with her again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think what happens a lot of times, the fun, people really don't put it into the relationship and with training. And right. When she does small things for you, for you to clap your hands and laugh and tell her what a rocket scientist she is, mm-hmm. you're going to see the light go on in her eyes. 
that would be nice to, to, to change <laughs> it, it is it's work to it's work to take her for a walk because it's it's totally you know like i said she wants to go this way you want to go that you way you know what i take her off the head halter really i would okay. i would do leash and collar work with her okay you know because it, basically you're steering her with that mm-hmm. she doesn't have mm-hmm. to think going you know what i'm watching mom Love your pet. Love them up. That's why we do it. They are great listeners, and that's why we live with them. Have a great week. Take care. You've been listening to the Great Pets Radio Show. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.